Wednesday morning. So if for whatever reason we do not connect in this lesson, and this is the first time you've been here, come back next week. <laughs> because you may connect with the preacher who does this for a living. Although I do serve God for a living, I have an employer who requires a lot of my attention. So it doesn't give me as much time as I'd like. So as has been stated, it's Father's Day. And so we're going to spend time talking about bringing glory to God. You know, it's, it's interesting, but from, not interesting, from the beginning, God has asked his people to bring glory to him. From the beginning, God has stated that clearly. Many of us know the scripture in the New Testament that says, it talks about how we are a holy people, a royal priesthood, a people chosen from God. And I just butchered that scripture, but all those words are in there, just a different order. But he says that similar wording in the Old Testament. His people were always supposed to bring glory to him. And the reason that's so important is because when, when, the, when the world sees how the people of God live, because of him, they too want to understand who he is. And by our lives, we can draw people to him. Christ's goal was to draw people to God. We are to draw people to God by the way we live, by the way we uh, present ourselves, by the way we speak, and by sharing with people what God does, even though we fail. So uh, fail, what I mean is just fail in our life. We, we, uh, but we always have God in us, and people can see that change. There was a, a new Christians class um, that, I, that I've been a part of over time, and I remember speaking to, uh, to a visitor and asking who they knew, and they mentioned the person that they knew, and I, and I asked them, uh, what made you decide to come? And she said, well, I was amazed at the change that I saw in my friend's life. And I had to come and find out what happened. And that's really what it's supposed to be about bringing glory to God. We're going to spend time talking about how to bring glory to God as we look at some things that Paul had written, specifically in the book of Colossians. I chose this book because, uh, number one, it's an interesting book in that it is a group of believers that have some good things going for it, but somehow allows that the worldly philosophies that, that get corrupting the message. And the message is no longer the true message. And he was concerned about that. And he wrote about that in this book. And so I wanted to spend some time looking at that because that's really what happens today in the church. We have a message that sometimes gets corrupted. And it causes people to do things that are not of, of, about, of God. We see that in Paul's own life. God was not about murdering people. But Paul somehow, because of some philosophies he had before he became a Christian, felt like that was the right thing to do. Philosophies of the world can corrupt the message. But this church had a lot of great things going for it. It talks about here how, God, how Paul was always thanking God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you, because we have heard about your faith in Christ Jesus, of the love you have for all God's people, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven, and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way the gospel is bearing fruit, growing through the whole world just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard about it and truly understood God's grace. There was some great things going on here. Paul was thrilled at what was going on here. But you're going to notice one thing. Paul thanks God for it. And that's very important when you start looking, at the, looking through Paul's letters. He always understood that everything came from God. And it's the world that gets involved, the world that comes into our mindset, that starts to corrupt what God's trying to do. But he was thanking God here. 
Make no mistake about it. Everything they had that was good in them came from God. We have to remember that too. We have to remember that as we see brothers and sisters doing great things to remember it's from God. And yes, that person allowed God to work in them, but it's from Him. And when we get that messed up, then we start thinking, I have to work harder. Or we start thinking, I can't be like that person. There's no way I could be like person X, Y, or Z. Because we lose sight of the fact that it's from God. None of us have an excuse. We all have ways in which we impede God's work in our life. We all do it, but it is absolutely from God. If God can take an adulterous murderer and turn him into one of the most powerful people in his kingdom, in the, in the, in the case of, of uh, David, he could work in anybody. It's from God. And Paul is going to continue to make that clear in this lesson. But as great as, as excited he is about this, you know, when you don't speak very much, there's two risks. One, you go real fast and you're done in like 10 minutes. And the other is I'm going to get one-third the way through. I think there's like a 30% chance of the first two and 30% chance to actually get through it all in the time allotted. So I may speed up and slow down as we go. So Paul, oh, I have a clicker here somewhere, don't I? Paul is thrilled about this. That's a pretty interesting slide. We're actually going to stay in Colossians and look at Colossians 1, 9 through 12. The wording in this uh, passage is very similar to wording he has in a lot of his letters because a lot of his letters are dealing with the same thing. We're letting false doctrine cloud the good doctrine that we have. But in this, Paul is continuing to pray. So in all the great things that they have going, Paul is... Uh, ever since the day he heard about it, he has not stopped praying for them. But he has not stopped praying for them because he wants something greater for them. He wants them to embrace a deeper truth in the Word of God. He wants it to become a, a, a part of their life in a deeper way, which is where we all should be. We all should be wanting to have deeper truths and be able to serve Him and bring glory to Him in greater ways. And so Paul is continually asking God to fill them with the knowledge of his will. It all starts with the knowledge of his will. Jesus made it clear, not my will, Father, but yours be done. It's a matter of his will, but who's the one who's going to do the work here? Paul is consistent. He says, I'm praying that God fills you with that. God fills us with it. When we spend time in his word, reading the words of uh, throughout of the words of Paul, of the words of Jesus, of the words of Luke, whoever it might be, those are words spoken by the Spirit. And it's only there and through that that we're really going to know His will. If you today can't absolutely say, I know His will and I can show you how it's working in my life, there's a problem. Because how in the world could His, could his will be done? I can't glorify Him without knowing His will. And so Paul is, wants them to know this will, divine will, a divine purpose for their life. My life has a purpose. Before I was a Christian, my life was a mess because I had no purpose, I had no direction, and I tried to fill it up with every possible thing I can get involved with. And it all failed. And it wasn't until I started reading the Word and I realized there is something God wants me to do that's so different. And I figured I had, to, I had to try this because all the people who were living like this, they sure looked a lot happier than I did. And they were having a lot more fun in life than I was. And I started to understand that God did have a purpose. And I never turned back. 
And it was so easy to walk away from the lifestyle I had. So easy. Because it did nothing but create, create, wreak havoc in my life. So Paul wants them to know this will and understand this will. And I say understand because he says, I want you to know his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. Wisdom is basically the fact that it's truth. There's a lot of wisdom in the world, but it's not truthful wisdom. It's not godly wisdom. There are wisdom sometimes in brothers and sisters. They speak, just, they think they're speaking the will, and it's like, where did you get that idea? I've never seen that in the Bible. Or a neighbor or a friend who talks about the place they go to worship, and they tell me about something. No, that's not in the Bible. There's a true wisdom. There's a true will of God. That's the wisdom, having the true will of God, the truth. And an understanding means how am I going to put this into practice? Okay, I got the will. I mean, I, I understand God's will. I see it truthfully and clearly in the scriptures. But now, how do I put it into my life? And the only way you're going to get that is from the Spirit. That's the only way. Scripture's clear. Spirit. The Spirit's going to bring that. He's going to bring it through the Word. He's going to bring it to other people as we get together. He's going to bring it when you ask God to take that Spirit that has the mind of His and help you understand the Scriptures more. I am absolutely convinced that happens because I've seen it in my life over and over and over and over again. Where I'm constantly asking God to expand my knowledge and understanding of the Scriptures. And the Scriptures become clearer and clearer. And the connection from start to finish become clearer and clearer. That's coming from the Spirit. That's all part of this. God is the one who's going to, under, we're going to understand His will through Him, through His Spirit. But the thing is, what is all that for? I can have all this knowledge, but does that glorify God, me just having this knowledge? It doesn't glorify God. I have one of my favorite statements. I love so that statements in the Bible. So that. It means God is doing something so that. So after it is going to come something else that I'm going to get if I did the first thing. I've been studying so that's for 30 years. Deuteronomy turned me on to so that. There's tons of them in there. But the New Testament has tons of them. So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way. Really talks about walking in the Lord. Where do I find out how to live a life worthy of the Lord? Jesus. The pattern is Jesus, who is filled with the, with the complete deity of God. Jesus is where I learned about it, where I understand it, where I read about it. Jesus said, I will only do what the Father does, and I only speak what the Father speaks. He replicated God's will in perfection. So I under, if I understand his will, in fact, the only place I'm going to be able to live a life worthy is, so, is from his will and understanding his will through the Spirit. Look at this. In, in very short period of time, we covered the whole Trinity. Many of Paul's letters are loaded with the Trinity. Unfortunately, a lot of times people only see two and they never see the Spirit portion. They read right over it. And I hear it in our fellowships. I don't hear about the Spirit a lot. I hear about what God does. I hear about Jesus. Absolutely important. But there was a Trinity for a reason. And sometimes we think, I don't feel the Spirit, so I don't understand. Maybe I don't have it. Maybe it only works through the Word like I hear so many people talk about. Because I personally don't feel it. I got news for you. I got a secret to tell you. In the Bible, people talk about having power, but many times 
They didn't even know it was there. It was there, but they didn't know it. And let me give you an example. Moses. Moses did great things. Moses, through the Spirit of God, parted the Red Sea. I can't clean, keep my pool clean, but he parted the entire sea. And he did awesome things, and yet later in his life, in Numbers 11, he got to the point where he said, I can't do this anymore. Wait a second, you have the Spirit of God. I can't. In fact, God, I'm so tired of it, kill me right now. He said that. But he is the Spirit of God. But you, need, you know, we need to do something for the Spirit to work. Gideon, Gideon had the Spirit of God. God, you know, I got this fleece here. I'll believe you're actually with me if, if this fleece has dew on it tomorrow. And dew's there the next day. God, okay, okay, that was good. Okay, that was good. But now I want there to be no fleece the next day. If Gideon never moved forward, would we have ever seen the Spirit of God working? No. He still had to make the decision under ridiculous circumstances to attack a people that way outnumbered him and defeat them for us to really see that, wow, he did have the Spirit. He would have never believed it, nor would we have, if we'd not seen that. Jesus said, when you stand before the Sanhedrin, the Spirit will give you the words to speak. Well, if they never stand before the Sanhedrin, those words are never going to come out. As we put things into practice in the life of God, the life of Christ, the will of Him, and we sit there and don't have all the answers, that's okay. That's why you have the Spirit. He kind of fills in the blanks. I've learned that a lot over my life. People come to me, you're doing this. What, how is it going to work? I'm not sure. How many are going to show? I don't know. How, how successful do you think it's going to be? I have no idea. All I know is it seems like the right thing to do. And so let's see what happens. And that's really what happens a lot of times in our lives. If we're going to push the edge of the envelope of, of, of putting the will of God in our life, there are times we have, don't have all the answers. And we just pray to God that your spirit steps in and fills in the blanks and, and helps this thing be successful. The spirit is active. That was not part of my in, uh, entire lesson here. That was a freebie. So we have this situation where we're supposed to incorporate this living this life worthy. We said it looks like Christ, but Paul gives us a little more information. He said living this life worthy means bearing fruit in every good work. Every good work. Consistency. Bearing fruit. We're supposed to be a fruit-bearing people. We're supposed to be a people who bear fruit for the kingdom of God. In many ways. It's talked about in, in Ephesians in, uh, Ephesians 5 and Galatians 5. No, I didn't get that one wrong the first time. Both of them have chapter 5, talk about the Spirit. We see that in Jesus' speaking all the time. He's constantly talking about bearing the fruit. In fact, he says in places, if you don't bear the fruit, my Father's going to trim you, prune you, or go so far as to cut you off. Jesus said in John 15, I am the vine, you are the branches. Without me, you can do nothing paraphrased, nothing, nothing. We can only bear fruit through him. And God will cut people off if they don't bear fruit. Those aren't my words, those are his. Because we're supposed to be a fruit-bearing people. That's what we're about. In every good work, we're a fruit-bearing people, but we're not alone because, again, this all starts with God. It all starts with the Spirit. It all starts with the, 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 the pattern we see from Jesus. And then he says this living a life worthy is also about growing in knowledge of God. We just talked about the knowledge of God of his will. 
there's a knowledge of God I know I see in my life that I don't see in the scriptures until I start putting things into practice. There's things I see God doing in the life of Paul when I read about how he's struggling to accomplish all these tasks and he's struggling for the people that he's working with, struggling for the people he's teaching, struggling for trying to get these things done. He feels so weak. He uses words like that. I feel like I, I can't do it. Uh, you know, my words right here, they may sound bold, but you know when I get with you, they're, they're not so bold. So I start learning more about the Scriptures. There's a knowledge I can only get, I believe, when I'm truly involved in the work of God. God, Jesus, the Bible tells us there's hidden truths. The word is hidden. It's not like God is trying to purposely make it so you can't find it. He's saying there's some things I just can't, you're just never going to get until you start doing, along with reading and along with studying. It's not about knowing you've got to do it. So there's more knowledge to be grasped. Paul is, Paul is sitting there trying to tell people, God has got this incredible life for you, and I'm trying to unfold it for you. It's about bearing fruit. Your, your knowledge in him is going to become even greater. And another part of this living a life worthy is continuing ongoing strength according to his glorious might, the power according to his glorious might. Some places it's really a, a glorious power or a power of glory. It's basically God's power, the Spirit's power. Here we go again. He's going to give you the power to do these things, but it brings, also brings glory to him. You see, as we have this power that changes our lives and the lives of people around us, it brings glory to God. It's a glorious power. It's a power of His glory that he, has, that he has transmitted to us through the Spirit to allow us to accomplish these tasks. We're talking about big, complex things here. Living a life worthy, knowing God's will, but all the way we've gone. Who's been the one at work? God, Spirit, Jesus. It's all coming from there. It's our job to make ourselves available. I got the easy, we got the easiest part of that. We just have to make ourselves available. But what we're seeing is God is bringing glory to himself, but he's really kind of doing all the work. We can stop it ourselves when we don't make ourselves available. We can stop it when we start focusing more on the things of this world, which was what Paul was so concerned about, philosophies of the world. We could bring it to a screeching halt when we focus on those things. Paul talks about having corrupted thinking. Your thoughts are corrupted by the world, by sin. And it is true. I know when I'm spending a lot of time with God, I'm feeling closer to Him and closer to Him and closer to Him. It doesn't take much for me to just kind of get busy in other things and wonder, what happened in these last two days? What in the world just happened? That's why Paul talks about constantly having your mind on things above. But in this, he's trying to show you in a very two, two or three short uh, passages here how there is something so grand out there waiting for you that God wants you to be a part of, wants me to be a part of, wants us to be a part of. Something that he says brings joy. Something that he says brings peace. Something that he says gives us rest for those who are carrying heavy, heavy burdens. We can all fall into that. We do all fall into that from time to time, right? Where we, we don't feel those things, 
where we don't feel like they're there. And that's why Paul has given this really simple set of passages of truths that he's asking for. Living this life worthy, bearing fruit, growing in God, being strengthened, all according to the will, all through the power of the Spirit, all in the pattern of Jesus' life. But wait, we're not done. Because we have another so that. Because all of this leads to something even more powerful. Because all along the way of living a life worthy, I got bad news for you. I got real bad news. You're going to fail along the way. You're going to struggle along the way. You're going to have difficulties along the way. And because of that, you're going to depend on God's power more. And you're going to rely on God to pick you back up. Not for anything of the world. His word, His input, His spirit. And you're going to constantly battle with that. But you're not going to give up if you depend on Him. And so along the way, you become a person who has great endurance and patience. Long-suffering is the word that's used there. And I love that so much more because God is long-suffering. God is long-suffering watching His plan unfold for watching my life, watching our lives, watching churches struggle. All these things. God has always been a God of long-suffering. And when we're working in the lives of our friends, our neighbors, uh, people we go to church with, and they're struggling, and I'm struggling, we suffer with them, but we don't give up because we're strengthened from within. See, this is the plan. This is the will God has for us. It's something that's greater than maybe what we've achieved up till now. We're a great church of love. And there's a lot of us, a lot of folks in this congregation who are doing a great job in the will of God. But Paul is calling everybody to it. To really put this into practice. To make this your life. Instead of some of the things that we incorporate in our lives. God is looking for, and Paul is looking for something greater. An incredible purpose. But remember... It's God who's doing the work. It's God who's in control. It's God's direction in our life. It's not ours. And maybe as you listen to this, and I think I actually have five minutes on the table, so I went a little too fast. Cut out a few things I shouldn't have. But, um, but as you listen to this, I'm hoping that you start to examine yourself in your own life. How confidently are you that you really understand the will of God? And you may need... Some help in that, you may need some prayers for that. And maybe you understand the will of God, but you've never really put it into practice. You've never really said, I want my life to be more like Jesus's. Or maybe you've gone down that road and you failed and you don't understand why. You may need prayers for that. Or maybe you're going down that road and you're, 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 you're getting stuck and, and you don't know how to move forward. Maybe you need prayers for that. Maybe you need help. Maybe you just ask for help in those cases. Maybe you've gotten to the point where you're starting to do these things, but you look back and say, I don't see fruit, so maybe, maybe I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Maybe i got to twist it a little bit, and you need prayers for that. So we're going to have a song, an opportunity to come forward. There'll be some elders up here. There's a lot of things I went through today at 90 miles an hour. So hopefully there was something that connected with you and something that maybe you're going to look at and work on in your own life, be able to incorporate in your own life as we stand and sing. Break my-